lovers. Happy Monday. Happy sexy Monday. Holy cow. I don't know where to begin. I'm feeling very inspired and excited this week. Welcome to Sex at Work, a podcast where we talk about work that has some connection to sex. This week, it's my turn to update you on some of my sex-related work. We have just a couple listener emails, then I have some updates on Mission 69 and Dante the Dominatrix developments, and some of my work fantasy for the playship and the eventual future full-service creativity resort, which I hope to make real in the 3D world at some point, but I was also just talking to one of my friends who works in VR, and I'm curious and open-minded about the human connection technology has the potential to offer us. So first, some listener email. This one is called Male Squirting from GH. Hi, Wyo. I started listening to your podcast a few months ago and absolutely love it. Thank you for sharing your sex positivity with the world. I'm 37. I grew up in a conservative household, but in my late 20s, masturbation turned from being a sin to being a beautiful expression of self-love. Yes! I discovered a little later that often when I had finished ejaculating, I continued to stimulate and I would eventually start to squirt a clearish liquid. I assume it's urine. What else could it be? I just wondered if you'd ever heard of this before. I love what you're doing. Peace, GH. And so I have done a little bit of research into squirting. People ask me about it a lot. I'm not an expert, but I do like to research. And when I was looking into this, there is a consensus and assumption that yes, for men, it is definitely urine and the prostate contraction causes it. But more importantly, a lot of people seem to get turned on by both kinds of squirting. So I think that's the important takeaway here. Urine is not dirty. It is not like kids in elementary school say. Uh, you know, I assume they tell us that so we don't pee all over each other when we're little. But I have some links to a couple of different articles. There was one squirt study done on one man in Japan because they found a specimen who was like able to do it and willing to be studied. And so they only have one single case of that. But then there also is an overview I have of vagina owner squirt studies. So link to that in the description if you're interested. And uh, thank you, G, for writing in. I'm so curious if this changes your experience with your own squirting. And whether you are a cock or pussy holder out there, I'd be curious to know about your squirting stories. And does anyone have any squirting stories that happened at work? That could be very messy, depending on what type of work you do. <laughs> so thank you, GH, for writing in. Here's another email entitled Sharing a Thanks from GG. This one says, Thank you. I just wanted to give you a huge round of applause for your podcast. Yay! I'll give it to myself since you're not here. Out of all the podcasts, websites, TV shows, seminars about sex positivity, body love, sexuality, message boards about sex, etc. that I have watched, been to, and read, you are shockingly the only one to call out shaming the male body. What? Wow. Okay, well, hopefully we can make that more of a norm because I feel like that's just as fucked up as shaming female bodies. I wanted to scream for joy in the episode where you didn't participate with your guest in giggling about her past partner's small size and called out shaming. Oh no, did I call someone out? I always try to like offer gently my different point of view. I don't believe that like calling people out is very helpful. So if I called someone out, I'm sorry. I personally believe that that made her backpedal on the subject because she totally contradicted herself later on. Oh, humans are so full of contradictions, but that's another story. Have to say, it has seriously become ridiculous and boring listening to or watching anything about sexual positivity, body love, etc., because they all contradict themselves as it often turns to penis size shaming and glorifying big dicks. It seems the whole subject of body love and sexual positivity is basically only geared toward the female body. Ooh, okay, I appreciate this perspective. I'm curious um, how this hits other people out there listening. Where I have seen people preach about loving all body types, but then start shaming men on their penis size once that topic pops up. For example, 
You had some guests talk about their struggles accepting their own bodies, but then talk about sleeping with partners with a reasonable or respectable sized penis. So when I hear reasonable or respectable, I guess respectable, yeah, there is an implication of a quality that would demand respect, but I actually think that can apply to all sizes. So I, I don't know. Um, then talk about sleeping with partners with reasonable or respectable sized penises or liking sweet looking guys with big dicks. If someone said that about the female body on your podcast or wherever, I'm sure eyebrows would raise and the person would be asked, what do you mean by a respectable vagina? I would love that point. In the past couple of years, I've seen on TV and in person some women who wanted to change how porn is by including people of all types. But in reality, they meant only women because once I checked out their websites, it was great to see the different types of women and scenes. But all the people who have a penis had to have big dicks. I was going to support them by subscribing, especially the local girls doing it. But after seeing that, I decided not to. Because what's the point? They didn't change anything. So I'm not in Gigi's experience here, but personally, I do think it's important to say it's fine, obviously, for people to have preferences. I think if we go around policing each other's preferences, not everyone has to be like me and have such a wide opening for desire and what they like. So I hear the problematicness. I think it is perhaps equally problematic to be like, everyone has to like everyone. Because like that's, in my experience, not true for most people. Like I am one of the few people I've met that has the widest flexibility of desire. I don't think that demanding everyone like everyone is the solution, but I do think we can change the language. Gigi goes on. However, I have to disagree with you about men being obsessed with penis size. It's the human race that's obsessed. Oh, <laughs> fair point. Where I live, there's a big kink in the swinging community. Many sex clubs here cater to these communities, and I've been to a bunch of those parties. There are lots of women within those that advertise that they only want to play with well-hung men or well-hung doms, no small men, etc. Take a look on FetLife, and you will see plenty of this in profiles. It's also sad to see men fearful of playing with anyone in sex clubs and such because they are afraid of being made fun of and rejected because they aren't big. Oh, yeah. Man, that... that that hurts my heart and that is what I would like to change. And I think that's why we must talk about it because that's one of the reasons that I like really get squeegee about comedy podcasts because it's so common to make fun of small dicks, to make fun of butt stuff, to make fun of all like just easy shame targets. And that's where I'm like, okay, but why is that funny? Is that funny if you're not invoking public shame? That's kind of the metric that I use. Um, it makes me a little bit less fun at parties. I don't go to those anymore because I wake up super early and I hang out by myself. So Gigi goes on. Sorry for the long message. I hope you read this because it's really refreshing to listen to someone who talks about sex without the dehumanization of people with a penis and how good sex doesn't exist if a penis involved isn't big. Don't get me wrong. Talking about penis size is part of talking about sex, but not the way it has been for past many years. So keep up the good work and thanks again for speaking up. There needs to be more of this, but unfortunately for the people who have a penis, we can't do it because the knee-jerk reaction is that most people assume the insecure person must have a small dick. So I, I disagree there. I think people with all penis sizes, I see that you might be nervous to do it, but I actually think the only way we change this is if all of us start talking about it and asking our friends questions. You know, when we do hear a shamey joke, not in a judgmental calling out way, but in a, oh, do you really think that about small penis size? Or like, I... I'm really curious to be with a micro penis. I've never been with one. I've been with some smaller people, but like not that small. I'm curious for the entire experience. And also like I think that all of us have to stand up for each other and, you know, create a world where we take care of each other and love. I also understand that that 
tickles a lot of people the wrong way and they're like, oh, don't police my language. Like you do you, but decide what kind of world you want to live in. I want to live in a world where, you know, everyone is a potential partner and I want to afford them the same type of love that I would like to be afforded as a potential lover. Gigi goes on, but I just listened to that episode 100, penis shaming erotic, after I wrote this and it was really cringe. Would you tell a story like that shaming the female body? So I don't, I asked Gigi what he means there. Uh, he didn't respond. I went back and like looked at the transcript of that episode. And I know Rebecca tells a story about a flaccid person, but it didn't, I was looking at the words. So maybe there's a tone that I'm missing, but I looked at the, for the word penis all throughout that. And I, I have no idea what you're talking about. So open to clarity, open to conversation around that. Yeah. If I shamed a male body, I'm definitely sorry. And that's, thanks for keeping me honest. That's awesome. So I will just say final thoughts. The way that I run sex stories, the way that I run my shares, if it's legal and consensual, I don't yuck your yum. I don't police people's preferences. I let people share their own stories and experiences because I think that hearing what other people say, like look at the reaction Gigi had to hearing some of the other guests' methods of talking about penises. I think when we hear that from other people and hear that in our own voices, sometimes it helps us learn a little bit better from something, I don't know if you've ever been out there, saying or doing something and then later you reflected upon it and we're like oh actually I don't think that I know that's happened to me plenty of times so I try to sort of let us learn from each other and I do try to frame conversations in a way so that you know what I'm thinking and I think pretty often listeners especially if you've listened to more than one episode know where I fall but I think in general listeners can trust that I'm here collecting data curiously, asking about the experiences and celebrating what people love, but also like, you know, the reason I ask what are your hopes going forward and kind of like the reflective questions at the end is because I always think that we can plant seeds for ourselves, both sexually and creatively and just in our lives. And that's how we grow. So anyway, uh, open more thoughts on that. Keep me posted on whatever I did in episode 100. That was just a compilation of lots and lots of sex stories. So curious, always curious for more. One final question. This one is from SK. Hi, Wyo. I love the pods and I love that you're exploring sex work as a dominatrix. But what's stopping you from doing all the sex work? It seems like you're at least into the idea. Keep up the good work and thank you for the sex stories. <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> uh... I think my family, society, I like this is one that I'm working on and I'm tiptoeing towards. I don't know. Um, parents, parents, like I have come a long way from my upbringing. My family is very sweet. They seem to be unconditionally loving. However, I think I would want to have a conversation with them about what it would mean <laughs> for me to like go do sex work and how that would make them feel. And I don't know, maybe they don't want to talk about it. So um, noodling on this, I've been noodling on this. And then I think that there is, related to that, a piece around privilege. You know, sex work, lots of sex works are things that people do when they feel like they don't have other choices. A lot of people nowadays love it and feel empowered. Uh, when I realized that my nudes on OnlyFans counted as sex work to some people, I didn't feel empowered or desperate. I just felt like, huh, okay, well, if people are buying it, great. Like, I got, yeah, I, I knew that they could get off to it, like in the same way that I know that anyone listening to sex stories could get off on those stories. But I, I do think that there is an immense amount of privilege present if someone is like, yes, I'm going to go follow my dream into a land where I can pick and choose who I want. And, you know, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about how to do it. And I also still want to be an actor and a writer and a filmmaker and all of that. So I think my big vision, I mean, look, 
I'm not trying to make a full service creativity resort just for funsies. Like I want to play in it. But I also would like to do my part in shifting our culture toward the land where sex worker isn't as triggering for people and sexual artist is a viable task. And I think that that's kind of where I'm headed. So I think I'm just trying to be cautious and um, I feel very seen right now. <laughs> now for my personal sex at work updates. Dante the dominatrix wise, I am still looking for my dream mentor. I want a mentor in person. Dante, who is my dominatrix character, Dante has been reading books and practicing writing stories and imagining dom fantasies and imagining scenarios and playship offerings and what it might be like to be a creativity mistress on the future Mission 69 or sort of how I want to shape all of that entire mission. So working on that character as I work toward the things that will help us gather funds for that mission. And I'm still kind of in the building phase. I don't think anything new will be launching until the new year because there's just a lot of story pieces that I am organizing. And since all of that is still in the planning phase and since Dante does not yet have a human mentor, I am reluctant to advise her to take on any human clients just yet. But I'm practicing my pitching. I'm practicing reaching out to the people who feel like resonant fits. And I think it might just be a numbers game at that point. So I've done lots and lots of book research, podcast research. I have a few more kind of like online video sources that I'm watching, but I'm also looking for someone who can work with me, who is comfortable with me eventually sharing my learnings organizedly and publicly just in my own sort of storified way. And I am considering taking on digital clients soon. So I feel like this is the perfect moment this November, maybe even this week for me to call in the right mentor so that Dante's public introduction officially is imminent. And I'll keep you posted on all of that. Mission 69-wise, in terms of the whole project, Mission 69 is the Maki documentary musical that I hope to begin creating in the playship when we go around the world. Everything, <laughs> the world. I meant the United States, like the country first, and then maybe someday the world, but I guess what came out of my mouth was world. You know, so I think the next year or two is going to be building toward that. I'm planning a birthday party in April that hopefully will be a fun big event if I get enough uh, energy for that. I'm imagining something that is it a sex party? Maybe. Does it just have sexy performances and is more of a fundraiser? Maybe. So mark your calendars. End of April, uh, there will be something happening in Los Angeles. I'm still figuring out what that looks like. So I'm working on pitch documents and learning about startups and all of the business things. I am definitely loving getting distracted by sexy stuff and art in the meantime. And I'm also learning so much from not just my interviews for sex at work, but the research that I'm doing before I outreach to people. So that has been super fun. I probably will eventually switch over to all interviews and not these check-ins when I have enough financial bandwidth to cover an editor doing two full episodes per week on podcasts and maybe get this listenership up. Or maybe not. Maybe this one will fall by the wayside. We'll see. We'll see what we'll see what makes the most sense. But it's so fun talking to people who give a shit about making the world a sexier place or who are as committed work-wise as I am. Like that is really, I do feel like I'm finding my people. Uh, you know, and then I'm also trying to create budgets for the sex workers that I interview, and I eventually hope to pay sex workers to do stuff to me and then share that with you guys somehow. So all of that is coming together. Again, if you want to support the mission, go visit mission69.org, and I'm going to continue to update those websites for the rest of my life <laughs> or until I hire someone to help me. Um, why subscription-wise on my website? I think I'm just going to close down all my website subscriptions. I haven't done that yet. I like sharing my art. I don't like tears. I never did the Patreon thing very well. And I would rather feel really whimsical with my creation. So 
I may be going back to posting some private story content on OnlyFans again soon. I, I have been making stuff, but just been feeling funny about sharing it. So I'm thinking about all of that. I've been getting reflections from people that they do prefer the anonymity offered by OnlyFans, which like I was like, I want to know who you are. Come to my website so I can see who's buying what and I could like interact with you. But I'm learning that that's people like the anonymity of the veil of a screen name. So I might wiggle my way back onto OnlyFans. It does make me giggle how many of you apparently want to look at me naked but don't want me to know. Like that just makes me smile and makes me very curious and I don't really understand it, but I understand that it's a thing. So I'm super excited about the projects that I'm working on. I cannot wait to introduce you to our allies for Mission 69 that I am making in the background. Not just Dante, but all of the people that I've been talking to for Sex at Work and all of the people that I hope to talk to and that I'm currently learning from and building trust with. You'll see, you'll see. But I'm just super happy to be in a zone where I'm getting to create in all of my favorite ways and talk to people about all my favorite sexy things. So I feel like I'm kind of living an amazing dream life right now, even though nothing particularly exciting or inspiring is happening. I'm just very full of potential and excitement and I like what I'm working on. So I can't wait to share all of that with you. So just as a recap, wildly.com will always point you to the current things that I'm working on, what I'm doing. And I will try to remember to announce updates. Um, in an organized fashion. But I don't know, time feels decreasingly linear to me. And for the next couple months, I'm just going to be sharing photo sets and writing a ton and planning and organizing and pitching and wishing for clones. Plus holidays will be in there. So uh, it's full, but I'm excited. And we'll see where we are, where I am next month, a month from now. Big vision update wise. So this is like playship wise mission, you know, playship leads to mission 69. Um, I have so many new visions for the playship and how I want to decorate it. This one, I think this first one is going to be very like Captain Dante, like spaceship dominatrix uh, for the full service creativity resort. I am dreaming about a desert oasis. I'm dreaming about sex theaters that are interactive, that get sex parties started. I have so many different visions of that that I think I'm going to share with you via story, like in story form, future, future shares. I don't know. I want to have a statue garden that is very interactive, shall we say. All of this is being informed by the books that I'm reading right now. I just finished A Curious, oh, this was a couple weeks ago, I finished A Curious History of Sex by Kate Lister, and I am now reading her latest book, Harlots, Whores, and Hackabouts. It's a history of sex work. Kate Lister, she's amazing. I highly recommend both books. I also read Legal Tender a month or two ago, and that was written by a woman who transformed one of the brothels. She doesn't say which one. I think I know which one it is, but I'm currently now reading Sex and Stigma, which is a more academic look at some of the brothels, legal brothels in Nevada. So that's pretty interesting. And I'm also still obsessed with the Huberman Lab. I've caught up on all the episodes now, but if you are looking to learn more about science-based mechanisms that affect not just your sex life, but also your whole body and therefore also your sex life, I've been listening and fine-tuning my life habits since June when I started listening, and aside from my breakthrough COVID infection in July, I have felt so good in my mind and body, and now it is just a matter of finding the right lovers. If you are reading any sex-related books that you love or have other sources of sex-related learnings you're doing right now that you think I should check out, let me know. I am a big fan of info-heavy, organized stuff, and as you know, personal stories. So I always want to amplify people whose work is making the world a sexier place, so keep me posted if you discover someone that I haven't, because there's just so much stuff out there. Lovers, that's this week's episode of Sex at Work. Please remember to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts, and be a lover who makes the world a sexier place by leaving reviews and comments and thumbs up and stars wherever you can. That is how we get the algorithm on board to make the world a more loving place with us. 
Visit mission69.org or wildly.com for my latest sexy art and work. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at sexstoriespod. Follow me at wildly. Write me or submit sex stories, especially if you have work-related ones, via sexstoriespodcast.com. Question this week, if you were a sex worker, what type or types would you want to be? And what would it be like? Tell me your fantasy. As always, please take care of yourselves and each other. Thank you for your interest in sex. And remember to share sex stories.